0: Today on the Talent Cast, I struggled over the title of this one. My initial one was, How Much Content Could the content Chuck Chuck, If a Content Chuck Could Chuck chunk Content. And I ended up with, How Much Content Does It Take to Get to the Center of a Candidate? Because I assume you're all Gen X like me and you get jokes like that. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome to the Talent Cast. I'm your host, James Ellis. We're here to talk about employer branding and talent acquisition, talent recruitment marketing at some fairly deep levels. We're not here to pitch books. We're not here to pitch software. This is a 100% pitch-free zone. We're here to go back to first principles and really think through what it's going to take for you to be better at employer brand and talent acquisition, for you to win the war for talent. Yes, that's a bad metaphor. Yes, people shouldn't say it. Yes, it's also my Twitter handle, so I can't help you. This will not be your standard podcast. This will be a little goofy. A little weird, a little bit of me. Hopefully, you're going to learn something from it. If you like it, please tell people. Uh, if you like it a lot, review us on iTunes and Google Play. Otherwise, you can hear, learn more about us, or talk to us directly on Twitter, again, at The War for Talent, or just go to our website, thetalentcast.com. So, that having been said, here's the show. hey how you doing james ellis here i uh, hope you're having a great time i want to thank mon frere benji benji goodrich who has asked this question and i love it when you ask questions not just you benji but everybody uh want your opinion well that's so sweet better to have tons of content on careers pages or keep it simple and to the point ah what a fantastic question because i do love me some content strategy and content theory and i love relating it to recruitment marketing and employer brand so it's a match made in heaven join me won't you okay so the question is benji wants to know effectively he's establishing a binary choice you can either make it simple and to the point getting people to apply for the job making the path between thought and action as clean and simple as possible and getting out of their way and i love getting out of people's way or you can inundate them with content, and these are taking things to the extreme a little bit. Inundate them with content and stories. Which is better? Well, the answer is no and yes. The answer is it depends, but let me talk you through how to think about this process, at least how I would think about this process, not that I am the complete expert. Um, but, you know, it's my podcast, so what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm having a really good morning. So... I always think about candidates in two different flavors. I think about them in people who are looking to take action, i.e. transactional candidates. Meaning, people who have found the job already or know they want to work for you. They already have some sort of pre-established concept of you as a brand. They've always thought about working for you. Or or they are looking for the kinds of jobs that don't require a lot of research, i.e. entry-level, or you are so well known, like for example, an enterprise holding uh, is super well known for its management trainee program. I know I want to be a management person. Guess what? I know I want to work there. It's I've you know I've always known, and therefore I'm going to do it. Again, no pitching. This isn't about enterprise holdings. But those people are very transactional. They are here. These are the, these are the people who quite literally your ATS was built to help and then to frustrate. Let's be fair. <laughs> they are there to. Uh, the ATS is there to present someone a job rack opening and saying, here, click this button, follow these instructions, and you will have applied for this job. At which point, wait 30 seconds to 30 years, and we will get back to you, maybe. The ATSs are painful. that That's who they want. They really see the world as very uh, fast food worker, entry level. I have no specific skills. I'm looking for anything that pays enough to pay my student loans and and rent. That's how ATSs are, fo- are focused. And to be fair, it makes sense why, because statistically and numerically, there are more of those jobs than there are people like, I presume, you and me, where we have a little experience and we have some specialized skill sets and we can be a little uh, picky and choosy about where we choose to work. These are people who, and I always go back to my, my little sister Mona, who does not listen to the podcast, um, and I remember her applying for a job. She was fresh out of school. She went to a good school, not a great school, University of Wisconsin at Madison, who for whom I used to do work. I, I literally started their Badger Twitter account, which is a story in and of itself. Um, but she went to a good school, but she has a history degree. Okay. And she didn't do an internship, but she was working as, at, at the housing department. So she was an RA, keeping kids alive 24-7 for two years. Um So, you know, effectively, you know, smart, capable, put together pretty well, but still, you know, 22 and not knowing what the hell she wants to do with her life. And, you know, it's a history degree. It doesn't exactly lend itself to a natural career path like computer science or nursing or engineering. Um, She didn't know what she wanted to do. And so she could do any entry level job. She could probably um, work you know on on, on a truck and throw garbage in a truck she could probably um pave some roads with some basic training and 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 a yellow bright yellow vest she could sort mail she could file she could maybe not take dictation certainly but she could respond to customer inquiries and she could take an order and she could do the you know human basic type things for pay and she would be um Responsible enough that you wouldn't have to worry that she was going to take all your money or fall asleep in the in the back and and, and not do work and maybe say something bad and get you sued. She's you know she's like every other college graduate, you know, and and they, we we pound those out twice a year pretty much on a fairly regular basis. And there's no differentiation from her. From her, the job of looking for a job is not how do I find the right job because the right job is whatever job hires me and pays me. I'll do whatever. If it's not illegal or immoral, I'm on board. (laughs) Let's be fair. She would have taken some pretty semi-sketchy jobs because at some point you just need to pay your rent. right? She was living on my couch for two months trying to figure out how to make it in Chicago. Luckily, she was looking at my little kid for a little bit, so that was great. So that's how she paid for her two months here. But she applied for all sorts of jobs. And for her, did she need to read a lot of content? No. You know what she needed to know? You have a job. You have an opening. Give me the rec. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hit the button. Let's go. Get me in and out as fast as possible. Get out of my way. Let me... If there is a one button one button application process, I'm in love because the time it takes me to click that button and see that I'm done, I, that's how f- much faster I can be on to the next application process. These application processes that take an hour to fill out, what are you freaking kidding me? I have no job. I have one job. I have one college. How... Now you want to know about this. No, I don't know any other languages. No, I don't know any special skills. No, I don't. It's just, oh, God. That was her process. So applications in which it was super fast and super streamlined, she loved them. Very transactional. Content got in her way. I've literally done research with a client for whom I will not name, a massive um, uh, telecom company who you do know of but I will not name. Um, and we looked at the data. We said, look, the people who looking at entry level jobs when they came in and we identified we did a sampling we said here are 10 jobs that we know to be entry level each one had about 100 and 150 applications that means they had about 200 250 views and we knew a certain percentage of them looked at content. We designated certain pages as content. So this is the employee-generated content. This is our brand story. This is, hey, look at great pictures of people doing our job and the thing and the place that time. Um, you know, it's, it's standard career site content, right? And some and we actually, we did a bit more than just standard career site. We actually, we, you know, they invested in content. And they had some good content. But what happened is, is when we split out the audience between people who, who applied for those jobs or people who looked at those jobs only a small percentage looked at the content meaning they went out of their way to look for the content most of them went straight for the job and applied meaning they came there for the job meaning they probably came from a job board they came from a place where they were aggregating that information these are transactional people you know that meme where fry from uh uh futurama saying take my money that's what it is let me apply get out of my way let me apply for this job just here's my res here's my resume give me a job please A small fraction, and I mean like less than 15%, actually looked at the content, and turns out that showing them content made them less likely to apply. They applied at a lower rate. People who didn't see content applied at a much higher rate, much being about 20% higher, if I remember my numbers correctly. The numbers are are are, you know fuzzy, but the the trend is true. Now for people who were looking for jobs that required 7 to 10 years experience, maybe some management experience, maybe some specialized skills, those people looked at content at a higher rate and when they saw the content, they were much more likely to apply. So the answer to here, based on this example, Benji is not, the answer is to either show lots of content or not show lots of content. The answer is, as always in marketing, to know thy audience. sound like an oracle. You've got to know who your audience is. If you're hiring nothing but people to fold sweaters on a storefront, guess what? I don't think there needs to be a great deal of employer branding content. I don't think you need to tell the story. It might be nice for the handful of people who like to see that sort of thing to see, okay, maybe there's a career path. Maybe after two years of folding sweaters, someone will make me an assistant store manager and maybe one day I can become a store manager and maybe one day, whatever. Maybe there's a subtle career path to this. Maybe they'd like to know that. But in the end, the people who want the job of folding the sweaters, all they want is to get the job of folding a sweater. Please pay my rent. Anything else gets in the way. But for the, if you're trying to hire nothing but executives and management people and specialized skill sets, and you know, what if you're trying to hire 20 developers? What if you're trying to hire uh, data scientists? What if you're trying to hire people who know that their value is not minuscule, that they have specialized skill sets, not to get too far into um, a taken joke there. Um, they can pick and choose. And when they pick and choose, what are they picking and choosing based on? Now, this is in generally an employer brand con- uh, podcast, so they're obviously employer brand takes some sort of impact, right? They know about your brand or they don't know about, about your brand. They want to learn about you. People who are looking for these jobs know that there are companies they absolutely know they want to work for and know their companies. They absolutely don't want to work for. And in the middle is the vast majority of companies that they could potentially work for that they don't know anything about. Right? 18, 20 million businesses in the US alone. Only one Facebook. Only one Google. Only one Amazon. Only one Microsoft. Only one. I don't know. Who did I miss? Uh, Let's see. Apple. You know, there's only one of those. And while they hire a huge number of developers and architects and data scientists, they're still only hiring a tiny fraction of the total pool. Meaning, if you're a good di- data scientist and you're not in the top 1%, chances are you're not going to work for one of these companies. You might, but chances are you won't, statistically. I mean, chances are you don't want to. Maybe you want to work for a company a little smaller for whatever reason, or focused on a, a mission that you care more deeply about for whatever reason so in that case the employer brand matters you want to tell your story about why you're all about x y or z what's your why why do you, why do you want people to get up in the morning and skip to work fall in love with that job is it because you have the best salary is it because you have the best benefits is it because you have the world's greatest mission to those people is it because you are so invested in uh employee happiness that you go full-on nap room and, and, and massage tables and, and ping-pong and maybe not ping-pong, ping-pong is too millennial focused but it's, you know, on-site childcare and health services Maybe that's how much you value your employees and that's what you're all about. People come skipping to work because they go, I'm working at a place where this company gets me and gets what I'm all about and loves me and really appreciates my value. Or I'm skipping to work because this is a company that's investing in me and investing in my growth and wants me to succeed and they're sending me to classes and giving me a budget to learn things and, and time to learn things and to grow as a professional. Or I'm skipping to work because this is a company that's all about saving dogs and man, I love me some dogs. Whatever it is, What's the why? And once you establish the why, you've got to tell the why. Now, again, going back to Mona, my little sister, who, again, doesn't listen to this podcast, um, the why is really nice i guess can i get paid please can i please get out of debt can i please get out of abject poverty can i please the stunning weight of student loan debt is actually making me somewhat shorter as i walk around the streets of chicago please just give me the damn job someone honked outside i don't know if you heard that (laughs) maybe i'm just weird that's how you decide how much content you need you decide based on what the audience is. Now, each audience is different beyond that very simple segmentation of needs content to what, you know, is, is transactional or is trying to build a relationship with you. Sometimes that relationship is very straightforward. Okay, let's say you're the Red Cross. Hey, Red Cross. Um, and you, eh, people kind of know your mission already. So your content might need might not need to be too complex or deep or well developed because your employer brand is broadly well known your mission is broadly well known you might have to spell it out so if you're looking to hire a data scientist and chances are you probably are why Why, what do you what is a data scientist going to spend their time doing for the red cross or a developer or an an accountant or an attorney what are they going to spend their time doing for you yes they get your mission but connect the dot right if you're a company that's all about taking blood and saving lives and being there when things go bad and you need an accountant why in my mind accountants are usually the cause of those troubles that's a joke I'm kidding I'm related to lawyers I'm allowed to just kidding I am in fact related to lawyers um, but if you're an accountant or a developer or a data scientist or, 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 or um, you know a software architect Hospitals and Red Cross and the Wisconsin Alumni Association to some extent needs you. They need you. They need to hire database administrators. And they need to hire professional marketers. And They need to hire these things. Your job is to connect the dot and say, yes, the Red Cross, so well known for saving lives and being there when people need help. We also need a lawyer to do blah, 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 whatever it is. Just show how when the lawyer comes to work, they're skipping to work because they're helping the Red Cross save lives. Right? Some companies, Facebook is a great example, Google is a great example. These are companies so well known in the development community, developer community, you almost think, I'll have to tell you why a developer should work for Facebook. We're Facebook, we're Google. You know who we are. But the truth is, you still need to tell stories. Google and Facebook and these big companies are so big that the developer is gonna come in going, what exactly am I spending my time on? Am I gonna be designing a, a, a button that loads uh, milliseconds faster because turns out the speed is important to websites and I might make a tiny, 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 tiny little dent in the universe by making that button load a little faster and it's gonna take me six months of developing and QA testing and A-B testing this button to the point where I dream about this button and that's all I think about is this button and making this button slightly faster button. That's sometimes what developers do. And honestly the fact Google Google needs that help. Facebook needs that help. How many people load up Facebook and Google any given time? The sheer if you can knock off a couple of bytes of data out of the standard loading button that loads a bajillion times a day, think of the actual load savings on the network. think how much faster the page loads these are important things for facebook and google and amazon and these places from a developer standpoint maybe they don't care about saving time on a button they gotta know that's why facebook and google and they do a good job trying to say look as a developer you're going to do x y and z these are the kinds of things now I think they could do a better job. I think they could augment it. I think they tend to leave that stuff towards the interview stage. Once you got, you know, Google's Google. You know, smart people want to work for Google because they think Google's Google, and so Google gets a hundred. You know, they get a thousand resumes for every opening, and so they don't need to go looking at the top of the funnel. The funnel's being filled. However. Once they bring somebody in, they still have to say, hey, look, this is the job and this is what we're spending, you're spending your time doing and this is what you're going to focus on. They still have to have that conversation. It's just in Google's point because they don't have to worry about the top of the funnel. They have that conversation much deeper in the funnel. They have it in the, in the interview f- parts of these, the process. I don't think you have to have the conversation at that stage. I think you can have a lot of those conversations closer to the top, meaning make a little video, tell a little story. Make a little profile and say this is what this job's all about. Rewrite your job descriptions a little better. Build some content about that particular job. What's the person going to do all day? A project manager does project management in a project manager kind of way regardless of the company. What makes them different? You have to connect the dot. Telling these broad stories of what you're all about is nice, but you have to connect the dot to say your individual experience will look kind of like this. And as they get deeper down the funnel, that expectation of the experience will become more come sharper into focus. Now no one truly understands what the job is before they walk in because let's be fair, what's the Mike Tyson joke? No one everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Everybody has an expectation of what a job is until they sit down at their desk and it turns out the barrage of emails changes things. You can only expect so much. You can only project so much and anticipate so much. Hey, uh, just interrupting myself for just a second, just to remind you that because this podcast has made me extraordinarily wealthy, there's really nothing you can do. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to make any commercials or anything. You do not have to donate anything at all to keep this podcast going. Again, wealthy beyond my wildest dreams. Thank you all. I appreciate it. All you can do to help me make this podcast even better somehow is to review us on iTunes and Google Play and other places that you review and share podcast information. That's all you got to do. Leave some stars, leave a review, whatever you got to do. We really appreciate it. It's what keeps us going. Thanks to the people who have done it already, but keep them coming. We really do, like I said, we really do appreciate that. That's all I had to say. Again, I want to stop interrupting myself to bring you the amazing voices of me. Bye. But you need content to tell the story of connecting the dot. You don't have to say that Google stands for information and and, and managing information and we're a huge company. You don't have to tell that story. Google's Google. They can tell that story. Facebook's Facebook. They don't have to tell that story. What their focus of content is, is connecting that dot. So getting back to Benji, hey Benji, the question of how much, is it better to have tons of content on the career page or keep it simple and to the point? I think, from a structural standpoint, the answer is you have tons of content, but you position in such a way that it doesn't get in the way. So, what do I mean by that? So, for example, if someone's coming in on Indeed or any other job board, now we got to contend with the Google Jobs for some reason. Again, Google solving a problem that no one had, um, but they could, so they did because they're Google. <laughs> Please don't kill my Gmail account, Google. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. Please don't please don't do that anyway they came in from a job page they're gonna land on one of your job pages you know what you don't do get in the way right if someone is walking up to your counter ready to check out you do not say hey can i show you some other things to buy they are ready to buy their credit cards in their hands their goods are in their hands they have put them on the counter they're ready to buy get out of the way take their money do the thing invest in a relationship down the road after you've collected their money, ask them for their email address. Right? This is standard marketing. This is standard merchandising typey stuff. This is what every company knows how to do. Every every retail company knows how to do. When they're walking in and browsing and looking around, that's when you have. Hey, have you thought about? It? Hey, have you considered? What are you looking for? What trying to pro- 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 what kind of problem are you trying to solve? My tongue simply doubled in size there for a second. Um, That's when you have the relationship. You establish the relationship. But if someone comes in, if you sell clothes and someone comes in, they look, they grab the shirt in exactly the size they want and they walk straight to the counter and their credit card's in hand, you know what you don't do? Have a conversation. You take their money. They knew what they needed. You get out of their way. So from a career site standpoint, you put the content on the site and you make it accessible and easy to find, but you do not put it in the way. You do not force them to scroll through two or three pages of your story to get to the job that that's what they want to do. You don't make them jump through hoops. You put it on the job page. Now, most of your recruitment marketing software packages, uh, you know the, 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 the kinds of software that pulls the jobs out of your ATS and makes web pages that are branded and pretty and all that stuff, they only put... The job description content on that page. Maybe they map to other data. Maybe they augment it slightly with some glass door information, or maybe some other data points that are pretty and attractive, or whatever. But in the end, it's all about this is the job. It's very transactional. This is the sweater, right? You wanted that shirt. This is the the shirt. This is the size. This is you know it's cotton or it's not cotton or whatever it's made of. Or you know it's ready to go. Boom, you're ready to go. Most software packages do that. Whether you're spending five grand or hundred. Forty grand um, a year on these things. They all do effectively the same thing. However, if you can link to content that matters from there so that people who do land on that job description and maybe they don't know why, they can say, I'd like more information, they can find the information. Do not force them to go searching because as every company has figured out by now, if you force people to go searching once they've landed on your site, you know what they're doing? Going away. If you make it hard, if you don't anticipate their needs, They go away, which is why, he says tying this in a bit of a bow, you don't push your jobs to social media. You don't push your jobs to Twitter and Facebook. Why? Because, one, if you are lucky enough to get someone to click on the link because they'd like to learn more about your company and like to learn more about that job, the job description is probably the least useful piece of information to be given at that point. What you want to do is sell the vision of the company, the mission of the company, the why of the company, what that job is going to be about, connecting those dots. Any idiot can find a job. Any idiot can find a job page and job rec. Any idiot. It's really not hard. Any number of websites and search engines and whatnot make it very simple for you to find the job. That's not the problem you need to be solving. What you need to be focused on is telling stories So people become engaged and interested in what you have to say and then they have that moment of, oh, these are kind of cool people. I wonder if they have any jobs. At that point, they will find the jobs. That's how you have to think about content. That's why you share stories. You don't share jobs because no one's going to go, oh, that's an interesting job unless it's um, professional beer taster or... um, you know, any number of those weird Buzzfeedy type job titles that pop up every six months. You know, it, hey, this is a job where you can ride a train for a year and, and you can be the resident artist on board. Okay, that's a cool job. That, that, that's weird and unusual. But your standard developer, project manager, accountant, marketer job, no, they're all the same. Your job descriptions are boring, they're uninteresting, they're unuseful. unuseful. Chances are they're at least half stolen. Um, don't use them as marketing materials. Tell a story. That's the marketing you want to use. That's the, the the engagement you want to have. And then when they tell that story and they land on your career site, reading that story, look, it's super easy to make a button that says, now find a job right there. But you, if you force them to go to the job, you're, it's not enough information on the job description to decide, unless you're my sister and you're young and you don't know any better. You're going to ask them to go look for more information, at which point they say, you know what, this is now a bother. I'm out. So that's how i would answer benji's question i'm going to double check i'm going to read it one more time just to make sure better to have tons of content over a page or keep it simple and to the point the answer is you keep your jobs simple and to the point in fact if you can strip out anything on your job description in fact if you can strip out your requirements on your job description because you can find a way to do that do it your job description should be about this is what you're going to learn on the job or this is what you're going to gain on the job no one writes their job descriptions that way they all write them about this is what we need from you not about this is what you are going to get which is a horrible way to come out this Uh, If you look at any job description, at no point are you ever saying, here is what the candidate's getting out of this. If an alien came down to earth and looked at a job description, they would say, what exactly is this thing? This looks like an advertisement for indentured servitude. I want you to lift 20 pounds. I want you to spend your time coding. I want you to do these things. I want you to do these. By the way, we're an uh, equal opportunity employer, and by the way, we're a company, but I want you to do these things. There's nothing that says, and what you're going to get out of it is blah, blah, blah. I mean, unless you're putting your salary data on your job descriptions, and I can pretty much guarantee you're not. If you're lucky, if you're one of the top 5% of people who are doing this, you might say, you're going to learn the following things. But most nobody does that. Job descriptions are atrocious. Atrocious. And because they're one way. Don't use them as marketing. Look at any other piece of marketing, everything from the Energizer bunny to banner ads. It's all about here's what you can get. Here's what you get. Here's the value you are going to get from using this thing. If you wrote a battery commercial, like you read a job description, it would be, I want five bucks. I want you to go to a drugstore, I want you to wait in line, I want you to talk to somebody to ask for a very specific battery. They will hand you the battery you need for $5 and then you will leave and you will like it. By the way, we will sell a battery to anybody. (laughs) Not exactly the Energizer bunny. All right, I've pontificated quite enough. Benji, I hope I answered your question. If I haven't, obviously, you know how to find me. If anybody else has questions and you want me to pontificate on them. Guess what? I like to do that. <laughs> for some reason, this is what I do. Uh, email me. No, not email. me, Tweet, tweet me at the War for Talent. Find my website, thetalentcast.com. If you've got some sort of conference, or you'd like me to speak to people or in front of people about employer brand and recruitment marketing type stuff, guess what? I want to do that thing. Yes, I want to be a total ham in front of your audience. Let's have a conversation. You know how to find me. Otherwise, I will see you next week. Have a great week. And hey, Benji, thanks for writing in. I appreciate it. And everybody else, keep writing in. Keep reviewing me. I really do appreciate it. Thanks very much and have a great week. Bye.